0: You are listening to The Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome in to The Hodges Huddle podcast. I am your host, Patricia Caputo. Joining me today is Andre Champagne. How are you doing today, Andre?
1: We're doing great. It's a bye week, feeling good. You know, it's, it's the calm before the storm.
0: It is the Calm Before the Storm, meaning Alabama will be coming into Tiger Stadium on Saturday. But before we get to the LSU-Alabama game, we're going to talk a little bit about the future. And by the future, I mean LSU men's basketball and LSU women's basketball. Let's start off with men's basketball as their season will begin on November 9th against the University of Missouri of Kansas City. And let's talk about some of the expectations of this season. This is a very new team, very new players. Last year, LSU lost their head coach, Will Wade, after he was fired, stemming from some allegations where he may have illegally paid recruits. They hire Matt McMahon out of Murray State. He comes over, brings some of his players over, and was able to keep just about three players from this LSU team, with other players either transferring or going to the NBA. Not 100% sold on this team, if I'm being honest. There's a lot of questions surrounding this team this season. It seems like a team that you're just going to have to watch and see. Can the talent come together, play together successfully? Again, a lot of talent, but will they be able to work together? Andre, you've watched LSU basketball for years. I know you know a lot more than me as you've been a fan for a lot longer than I have. What are your expectations with a team that seems to be completely new?
1: I just expect uh, this team to be really competitive uh, and to finish at least you know 500 in SEC play, which would be really really good. But um, I I want them to be a little bit above 500. It's just weird because we know absolutely nothing about this team. We have never seen uh, these guys play together. I mean, we've never seen Mwani Wilkinson play with uh, you know Ace. Uh, when I refer to Ace, I'm talking about Adam Miller. But um, we haven't seen him play at all, pretty much, except for, you know, with team USA in the in the FIBA Cup. But we have we've we've seen KJ Williams play with some of his teammates, but that that's about it.
0: And you had mentioned Adam Miller, so let's talk about Adam Miller for a little bit. There were some unfortunate circumstances around him last season as he did tear his ACL in October. He was out for the entire entire season. That was after he had transferred over from Illinois. And he was supposed to be a really good asset for this LSU team. Again, injury got the best of him. Now he he's 100% medically cleared. As you had said, Andre, there is that question surrounding him. How good will he be? Is he able to be in this lineup right away and make plays consistently? But sticking to the near future, what do you expect to see from Adam Miller at the beginning of this season, Andre? I,
1: I expect him to see... To be what he was hyped up to be before the ACL injury, because he played with guys like Chet Holmgren and pa- Paulo Bancaro for Team USA when he was, I believe, 19 years old. So he was really dominant with those guys, and they won gold. They won gold, and he was probably the best player on that team in terms of scoring. He was, he was getting you know 12, 13 points a game, which is very consistent when you're playing with a bunch of all-stars you know you're talking about the number one and two pick right now but I think he's going to be one of the best guys on our team in terms of scoring but it's really exciting because he is a shooter and to see how he shoots from how far like he can shoot from the logo pretty much it's, it's wild
0: and that's exactly what that LSU team needed last year they needed a guy to come in and shoot but with his absence sometimes it didn't always work out but I do agree with everything you're saying eventually I think Adam Miller will get to where you're saying he should be Andre but if I'm looking at the near future at the beginning of the season while I can see Adam Miller starting I do See that Matt McMahon has to be careful. A lot of athletes have said in the past when they tear their ACL, sometimes it takes a full two years to really feel like themselves again, even if they are immersed in the game. I mean, you look at a guy in the NFL like Saquon Barkley, tears his ACL. Now this is his second year from his ACL injury that he suffered about two seasons ago and he comes back and he seems to be better this year. That's something that you're gonna have to see in Adam Miller as he's coming back from this ACL injury. Again, no rush to get him in. You know how good he can be. He's a four-star recruit in high school. He helps. He starts in all of Illinois' games two years ago, all 31 games, so you know his capabilities. But again, there's just no rush to get him into this offense right away and making big moves. But let's speak about the veterans, and I use that, t- that term loosely in veterans because we're talking about Justice Williams, who is just a sophomore, and Mawani Wilkinson, who has been with this team for a few years, but again, very different system this season. New head coach could be easier on them. A guy like Justice Williams was really thrown into the mix last season. One notable game was December 20th in their game against Auburn when Brandon Murray had suffered an injury, and then he was... I think, as Will Wade said, it was thrown into the Pacific Ocean, just right away yeah, having to go into Auburn. an SEC matchup yep. at Auburn. was one of was a very good team last year in college basketball. And what I see from Justice Williams is he's only going to get better. That That's the hardest part, and he grew through that already. He's grown through the adversity. He's gotten through that. He could be a guy to help this team accumulate points. A guy like Mawani Wilkinson, that's someone that I would like to see just – Try to shoot a few more threes. Just try to shoot. There were a lot of games toward the end of the season where you had only about three points from him, three to five points from Wilkinson. So if he's going to come in and be this leader, which I think he can be this season, he's going to have to make sure that he's active on this offense. Andre, what are you expecting to see from these guys who've Removed themselves from the transfer portal and came back to LSU.
1: Yeah, I think like you said, I wouldn't call Justice Williams a veteran. I think he has experience, which helps him, but he's still very young. He's not going to start. But for Moani Wilkinson, I don't even see him starting. But he's going to have to be that breakout player for this year. You know, coming off the bench, in my opinion, I think he will come off the bench. But he's going to have to you know, you know, consistently get you those eight nine points a game. You know, every night. Be that reliant guy, the reliable guy. But, I mean, I would just say I think K.J. Williams is going to be that that guy. He's going to be the team MVP, in my opinion. He's a fifth-year senior. He literally played with John ja Morant. So that, that gives you, you know, you know how to play with players and you know how to play with good players. So I think just being with, you know, a bunch of guys that have not much experience is going to help. You know, being around K.J. Williams, he knows what's going on, and that's going to help you in the long run.
0: another question surrounding this team is while they do have some pretty good transfers coming in guys like KJ Williams as you had mentioned some of them haven't played in the SEC and we know that that's a little different compared to football but last year there were a lot of dominant SEC teams you think of Auburn even team like Arkansas and that's something that LSU is going to have to look out for this season as they have guys coming in from Murray State who have never played in a conference such as this one but you'd mentioned some starters some of your ideas so let's throw that around that we again ton of transfers this season. For example, Cam Hayes coming over from North Carolina State, Justice Hill, K.J. Williams joining head coach Matt McMahon here at LSU after spending some time at Murray State. You have this talent coming back. You have talent coming in. Andre, if the season were to start right now, who would be the starting five?
1: I think at the point guard position, it'll be Justice Hill, transfer from Murray State. He's very good at scoring. Um, He can do pretty much anything. He's good at attacking. He's good at scoring a three, but he's very good he's just very good uh, all around but at the two you're gonna see Adam Miller you need the guy that's gonna score you points when you're in need of it and he will do that I think um at the three we'll see either Tyrell Ward or Mwani Wilkinson it'll it'll depend but then after that it's up in the air for the the four spot like Mm -hmm. I said it could be it it really could be Mwani or Tyrell but then the five I think is obviously going to be KJ Williams
0: that we have a very similar lineup. I agree with you, Justice Hill, he can take over at that point guard position, something that Xavier Pinson took on last year se- season. We need a guy who's able to help lead this offense. You can probably get an easy 20 points f- from Justice Hill every game. So, it needs to be someone that this LSU team can rely on. Then you got Adam Miller. I do see Mawani Wilkinson starting. I know you were a little up in the air, but I think he is a veteran on this team. You have some new kids coming in, some new players rather coming in. And then you have a guy like KJ Williams. The experience, you just can't beat it. He averaged 18 points last year and 8.4 rebounds while he was at Murray State. And then I am not 100% sold on Tyrell Ward, but I'm not sure if this LSU team has another option right now. Again, a young team, you're still trying to figure out who belongs where and what fits best. So Ward's just going to have to get used to things quickly, similar to how Justice Williams did last year, as Ward is just a freshman. But you talk about things that are happening on the court, we have to mention what's happening off the court. And Matt McMahon comes in, he takes this role, and he has this job almost of trying to change this basketball culture here at LSU, after Will Wade did do that, and then it was tarnished a little bit with that allegation. And Over the years of Matt McMahon's contract, he's going to have to deal with a lot of things that weren't necessarily his fault. And I think that it was impressive that he was able to convince some players to come back as at one point, every single player on this LSU roster had entered the transfer portal. So the fact that he was able to even bring Mawani Wilkinson and Justice Williams back, for me at least, was quite impressive. And then also have transfers come over from Murray State and say, look, I'm the head coach, you've played with me before, let's go do something great here in Baton Rouge. And again, dealing with the future, Andre, what is his role in just making sure that he can help this LSU basketball team get to a point where they were last season with head coach Will Wade, and again, change the culture to make sure that they do not stand for illegally paying players, even though that doesn't happen as much anymore with the NIL.
1: I think he's a players coach. I think the players really like him. I think they've bought into his, you know, system. I mean, he basically went almost undefeated last season in, in conference play. And so those guys that came with him to Murray State, they came for a reason. You know, they saw something in them. They, they thought, this guy developed my game the best. I want to go compete at the next level in the SEC. But I don't think the culture necessarily needed to be completely changed because I don't think it was, like, you know, a bad PR thing for, like, players or anything. I don't think – players wherever the issue so you know and a lot of guys left obviously mm-hmm. you know but those guys that stayed you know they're all for LSU you know you have to look at it like that you have to look at it Adam Miller stayed you know and he could have gone anywhere he mm-hmm. wanted to but Mwani too Mwani's always been an LSU guy big LSU guy and he will put the team before anybody else so I like that
0: I do like the loyalty there, especially in Milani Wilkinson as he came back. He's been through some trying times, but comes back and tries to go again under head coach Matt McMahon. I do like Matt M- McMahon's character. While it is a great job you're coaching here at LSU, he knew coming into this that there are going to be a lot of outside things that he had to deal with. You look at a guy like John ja Morant, that's a guy who he helped start his basketball career in a sense. If I'm not mistaken, Matt McMahon was just getting chips out of the vending machine and discovered John ja Morant and said, okay, let's let's try this kid out. Let's look at him. And he ends up being one of the stars right now in the NBA. So that does tell you something about Matt McMahon, that he doesn't necessarily need the four or five star recruits that LSU might not get for the next few years. He just needs just kind of that light under the door. Just someone who has a little bit of talent and he can possibly make him a superstar or the next one of the best players in the NBA in just a few years to come. And someone who is really, really good at priming basketball players is head coach Kim Mulkey of the LSU women's basketball team. LSU women's basketball team will begin their season on November 7th at 7pm in the PMAC as they take on Bellarmine University. Speaking of this team, they already had an exposition game, so we got to see a little bit out of this LSU women's team. And similar to the LSU basketball team, it is a very new team. They had a lot of seniors last year, a lot of women go to the WNBA. So with that being said, head coach Kim Mulkey really worked through this transfer portal and were able to pick up some great recruits. But let's speak about this expedition game as LSU defeated Mississippi State College on November 27th, 88-35. to Andre, what were some of the key takeaways you saw in this game?
1: I'm going to take this game with a grain of salt. Obviously, we're playing a Juco mm-hmm. college, but the girls looked very good out there and they they were in great shape. That was what most impressed me, that they were conditioned all you know, all four quarters, and that they play, you know, they didn't ever look tired. So I think we're still trying to fill those, you know, roles out and, you know, see who's going to do what, but Angel Reese didn't even play. I don't know what she's dealing with, but so we didn't see her, but I think she's going to be the best player for us by far.
0: Yeah, Kim Mulkey said that she just made the decision not to play Angel Reese, but she should be set to go for the beginning of the season Kim Mulkey also said I learned that we have a lot of talent which I already knew and that's promising to hear from your head coach that someone that a bunch of girls that she had recruited a bunch of women rather that she had recruited coming over playing in their first game and it just exemplified the talent that this team has and can have you look at someone like Flauge Johnson who led LSU with 22 points in her first outing as a Tiger and What Johnson said is that she had to focus on defense. And Kim Mulkey had told her, do you want to be a one-hit wonder? Johnson is also a rapper, so that's why Kim Mulkey used that analogy as, if you want to be a one-hit wonder, then you can focus on offense. But if you want to make sure that you become a great basketball player, focus on defense as well. And Johnson finished the night with two steals. And that's what I like about Coach Kim Mulkey. She always knows how to talk to her players, how to encourage them. And she just makes really talented players better. And she makes sure that, again, knows how to talk to them, really focuses in, zones in on what they like and says, "Okay, this is great, but let's improve on this as well. And that's exactly what she does. And it helps this team win games. And again, I had mentioned a very new team, but you do have Alexis Morris coming back. She is the true veteran. There is no a a sophomore coming back. No true veteran for this team. And she has the opportunity to stand out as a leader on this team. Kim Mulkey and her had had a long journey as she originally played from 2017 to 2018 with that Baylor team under Kim Mulkey. And then they also went to the March Madness tournament last year. So they were, again, able to form good teams together. But what does her leadership mean to this team this season?
1: I think having Alexis Morris is just a difference maker for the the whole team because they need that leader who knows what it's like to play in the big game and just perform under pressure. And, you know, make sure that the whole team, you know, is calm and collected when things aren't going their way.
0: Yeah. And I think there's just the younger players coming in or some of the transfers. It's just, okay if you are down in a game, if something's not going your way, Alexis Morris has the opportunity to say, look, guys, I've been here before. I know what to do. Give them the rundown on what to do. And then they'll go out there and they'll just fight and they'll make sure that they they focus on their shooting or their defense or whatever whatever may be the problem in that moment. And that's, of course, something that Kim Mulkey is great at as well. But with this, Kim Mulkey was really able to recruit her team this season, which was something she was at a disadvantage of last season, just because that she came in a little late, wasn't able to get the recruits that she had liked. But again, they still made it to a March Madness tournament. This year will look very differently as she has made strives in that transfer portal. One of those being Angel Reese, who spent the last two seasons as Maryland, and she transferred in as one of the top players in that transfer portal this offseason. Just to give you a little background on Reese, she made it to the Sweet Six with that Maryland team and she was the team's top scorer averaging 17.8 points per game she has the experience I really like Kim Mulkey with her as she has that high basketball IQ as we all know of and who's another person though Andre that you would see just standing out on this team or is it Angel Reese as well
1: it was Angel Reese yeah (laughs) Uh, I was gonna say the same exact thing as you she just plays so aggressive. It's it's awesome to see because I think she's going to be what the LSU women's team really was missing in terms of a dominant you know center. But um, I mean, we saw it from last year. We saw it, uh, but she Angel Reese is just a rebound like. I don't know. It's just something about her. She's so good at rebounding.
0: And I like the mystery. I like that yeah. that she didn't play in that expedition game because now you come in your first game of the season and teams are up in the air. Okay, what do we expect to see from her? Clearly it's going to be a little different from Maryland with this new coaching staff. It'll be exciting to see her when she has the opportunity to get there on the court but Kim Mulkey had mentioned during that expedition game when there were questions around who's going to be the starting five and she said that the goal is to really get into the top eight or top nine for these women and not necessarily in the starting five Kim Mulkey said just get into the rotation I'm not focused on finding five solid players so if we had to try to pick Kim Mulkey's brain which seems like an impossible task who's going to be the starting five in the PMAC on November 7th Andre?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think Flage Johnson at the point guard position. Alexis Morris, obviously, at the shooting guard position. The three is kind of in the air, but I think last year Poa is going to, the Australian transfer from northwest Florida, is going to get, get the start at the three. Uh, she's very good at scoring. Uh, Samaya Smith, she's got the height. Um, she'll probably start at the four, and then Angel Reese at the five.
0: I agree with most of the things you said there, Andre, except I do think Ladeja Williams could be starting for this team just because she comes in with four years of SEC experience as she spent some time at Missouri. I think that will be helpful for this team. Again, you have a very new team. You're working through some things together, but with all the experience this team has, I think she'll be able to add some of that just in the very beginning. But again, I think we'll see just a very different team because you have that starting eight and nine rotation that Kim Mulkey says that she is pretty set on. But this Ella the LSU team looks promising right now. They're ranked number 16 before going into the season. And while it is early, Andre, what are the chances of just winning it all for this team?
1: Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not LSU? But I believe that LSU is going to have an opportunity to go really far. So once you get in the tournament, anything can mm-hmm. happen. But it's just, you know, building up that resume and, you know, beating those teams like South Carolina and, just Tennessee, the SEC, Mm -hmm. you know, Blue Bloods and women's basketball. But I I could see it.
0: Right. Those are teams you're definitely going to have to look out for. Even a team like UConn, who sits at number six. You got South Carolina, of course, at number one, as they won it all last season. You have a lot to get through. And if this was a different head coach... I would say maybe this team is a few years off. They have a lot of new recruits coming in. You have a lot of new women coming in to play on this team. They might need a few years to settle in. But with Kim Mulkey and what she was able to do last season with a team that wasn't necessarily hers was quite impressive. And we've seen what she's done at Baylor so many for so many years. And. I, don't, I have 100% faith in her that she could do this again, that she could go and win it all. Again, there's some teams that you might have to get through. But with this high basketball IQ that Kim Mulkey has and this very talented team, it looks promising. It looks exciting, something that LSU might have not had for the last few years in the, the sports categories. But Kim Mulkey seems to be bringing that excitement and talent back and possibly making LSU women's basketball a dominant team for years to come. Let's talk about a dominant team, you could say, in Alabama. There is some questions surrounding them, per usual. LSU football will take on Alabama on November 5th at 6 o'clock p.m. in Tiger Stadium. Now let's talk about this LSU team. What is their goals? Just Is there one player or one offense that LSU has to focus on for this Alabama game, in terms of Bryce Young or maybe Will Anderson, who is a guy that you're looking out for in this game, Andre?
1: Looking out for obviously Bryce Young, Heisman winner. It's just he—he's different. You know, he's going to be an NFL player for years to come. LSU's going to have to put pressure on him if they want any success. You know, sort of how they did last year. They—they they did really well in getting to the quarterback, and uh, so they're going to have to, you know, do that again. But. With Matt House, I'm very confident that he has a good game plan going up against their offense as they have been pretty much struggling. But I'm also gonna say Jameer Gibbs, because if Bryce Young isn't doing well, Jameer Gibbs is gonna give you, you know, the chance to do well on offense. So, you know.
0: And when Bryce Young was working through those injuries, Jameer Gibbs was one of the guys that proved that Alabama does have a run game and they can utilize it if they need to. They didn't a lot during that game against Mississippi State, where Gibbs only had about 37 yards, but they can. And if you look at the previous games, you can see that Gibbs can be a threat. I, I think that their biggest challenge still for this LSU team was against Ole Miss because they had such a dominant passing game and such a dominant running game that – this week, it seems that they do have to focus more on Bryce Young, making sure he's not throwing those deep passes, making sure those aren't getting the best of them. But again, you have to remember in the back of your head that that running game can come alive at any moment. And let's talk about this Alabama defense. It could be scary, this defensive line. You have a bunch of guys who are likely going to be NFL players in just a few years to come. And what does LSU have to do to contain these defensive players, Andre?
1: Yeah, with Will Anderson obviously a force to be reckoned with. Um, Alabama brings a cheetah package where they blitz Anderson in at the edge, but they just do it in a certain way that teams don't know how to stop it. So the fact that L S U offensive line, who has been, you know, doing better, but they are going to have to, you know, go up against one of the best rushers that they've ever seen, you know, in their careers. So it's going to be some trouble for LSU's offensive line, but I think once you know Den Brock starts to pick that up, he'll adjust.
0: Yeah, there is. There's a lot of trouble surrounding this LSU offensive line. There has been all season and one of the questions is Garrett Dellinger, will he be able to play this this week against Alabama in such a big matchup as both teams currently sit at four and one in conference play? This is what Coach Kelly had to say Monday on his press conference about if Garrett Dellinger will be set to go for Saturday.
2: Uh, Garrett Dellinger is day-to-day. He had a good weekend. He was here this weekend. As you can imagine, that's a little bit different because he's got to be able to take a load on that knee. And, you know, when you're coming back from a knee injury, it's easier to obviously not have to worry about running and cutting, but you've got to be able to take the load, and that's what we're working on right now. Uh, We think we're going to get him there, but it's it's still a process because now we're going to add practice onto it. And so we got to see how he responds each day after practice. We we had people leaning on him individually over the weekend. Now we're going to be leaning on him for a full practice, and we'll see how it goes. But he's making good progress.
0: And speaking of Garrett Dellinger, after hearing what Brian Kelly had to say, if he is good to go this weekend, Andre, what assets does he bring to this LSU team?
1: He's just smart. He's smart like I haven't seen other linemen communicate as well as he does, but he has the football IQ to play guard. And uh, that brings a huge advantage for LSU. But with his health, I don't see him actually starting. I think he will get reps. So he will get some reps.
0: Now, Brian Kelly did say that he has a soft cast on, but right now that's not the issue. It's really the knee that's the issue that he had suffered against Tennessee. And. I could see him getting reps, Brian Kelly, as you had heard, he said he was day-to-day. There's a lot of questions surrounding him. But, again, he is this guy. He's smart, as you had mentioned, Andre, and he has the experience, something that this LSU offensive line needs. A guy like Miles Frazier, you haven't seen too much from him. He seems to be improving, but it's like you're always needing just that little bit more. And you have two freshmen at tackles. Garrett Dellinger could be that help in the experience role this weekend against Alabama. And just this offensive line cannot win by themselves very clearly. So this LSU offense has to come alive. You need Jaden Daniels to throw the ball downfield from the beginning. There is no excuse. You can't be a second-half team or you're not going to beat Alabama. Along with this run game that seems to come alive these past few weeks, despite that bye week, a guy like Josh Williams really seems to be getting comfortable into this offense. Andre, what can this LSU offense do to defeat Bama?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. It's a must for the LSU offense because they can't find themselves behind against Nick Saban. You can do it against Lane Kiffing maybe because he doesn't have a very good defense, but Saban picks up on that very, very quickly. So the offense is really going to have to play fast tempo, I would say, most of the game just because you have to go down there, score points, score points. That has to be your number one you know, thought process if you're these coordinators or you know the offense.
0: And. It won't be an easy task. We had mentioned guys like Will Anderson and now even Dallas Turner, two two competitive edge rushers that can get to Jaden Daniels. It could get scary for him if this offensive line does collapse and possibly Jaden Daniels' legs could save this LSU team by him using his mobility. But again, two very competitive guys, two very great players. And this is what Brian Kelly had to say about those players and the damage that they could cause against LSU this weekend.
2: Um, you know, you start with Anderson, um, who's you know an elite defensive player, elite in terms of not only his ability to rush the passer, but what they ask him to do. He's an unselfish player. Um, you know, he plays he plays a four technique, he plays a five. Uh, he stands up. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. He does a lot of different jobs. That's why he's going to be a great NFL player as well. Um, but. You know, on the other side, Turner um, playing into the boundary is uh, is is an outstanding football player. So you can't just say, hey, you know, we're going to fan and, you know, we're going to slide to one side. You've got problems on both sides, you know, when you talk about both of these ends.
0: With that being said, how do you stop dominant guys like this, Andre?
1: You just have to double team pretty much. Uh, Tennessee did it very well. They'd shut – Will anderson down completely they i i I don't know how they did it but they they did it and (laughs) so lsu is gonna have to watch that kind of film and just break it down because thank you tennessee uh you're helping us out a little bit but i'm sure alabama's gonna bring some more stuff that we haven't seen i'm 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 certain that they will (laughs) but uh It'll be, it'll be a fun matchup.
0: And Brian Kelly did say in his press conference that they will likely be using a lot of max protection to making sure that they're stopping guys like Will Anderson, possibly coming from some of that Tennessee film, as you had mentioned, Andre. But it's true. You have to shut down Will Anderson. It's a difficult task. You have a few freshmen. You have a little bit of an inexperienced offensive line. But the excuses are out the door now. You've, you're far into SEC play. You're reaching the end of the season. And Alabama... The key for this LSU offense to remember is that this secondary draws a lot of penalties, especially on road games. They average about 70 yards for penalties per game. So that's something that this LSU team could look out for. That's why I believe it's so crucial for Jaden Daniels to throw the ball downfield as these wide receivers do seem that they're forming a connection with him. You could have one of the best players right now in the SEC at wide receiver and Kayshaun Booty. He's proven that he can do it. Again, connection is very important. And... The best thing about this LSU team is that they have a lot of other weapons. Brian Thomas Jr., Jarae Jenkins. The list can go on. Make sure that you're utilizing them. And let's talk about the weapons on this LSU defense to wrap up the podcast today. Defensive players, they're going to have to have a big game because Nick Saban, Bryce Young, very offensively run team at times. And just speaking of these defensive players, who's a guy that you're like they need to have a big game if LSU wants to come away with the win in Death Valley?
1: I think there's three guys that stand out, uh, and it's the leaders of all the position groups on the defense. I think it's B.J. Ogilori. You have to hold that that defensive line down. You have to get to Bryce Young no matter what. You have to give him a bad day uh, from the very start of the game. You know You can't rely on other guys to do that for you. Um second, I think Makai Garner, you have to set the tone for the game. You have to shut down Alabama's best receiver and just make sure that Bryce Young doesn't, you know, make something from nothing and just, you know, from a good throw, you have to cover your guy very well. And then third, um, Greg Penn. Greg Penn's gonna have to have a very good game in stopping Jameer Gibbs and uh, you know, covering him, same thing as Micah Baskerville, but I think Greg Penn just stands out more to me right now just for this week.
0: BJ Harold Perkins, their job is going to have to be to get to Bryce Young because if you can contain the quarterback, you can contain the passing game. Another guy like Ali Gay, someone who we really haven't seen much the last few weeks, that's a guy who has to come out. He has to make sure that he's making plays at this veteran on this defensive line. And again, another guy who has to get to Bryce Young. The goal is to contain him Force them to get the run game going because they haven't had to utilize it too much this season, except when Bryce Young was hurt. Force them to get it going and then they know that they can stop the run game. They've done it before. They did it against Old Old Miss. And this team, sometimes they look really good on this defense and other times not so good. So they have to make sure that, again, not that second half team. They come out in the first half, ready to play and ready to defeat Alabama to see that it could possibly happen. And just a reminder, LSU Swim will take on Alabama here at LSU at 1 p.m. on Friday, November 5th. And then, or November 4th rather and then LSU football versus Alabama will begin at November 5th at 6pm in Tiger Stadium and just to give you a quick recap of when women's basketball and men's basketball will start. Women's basketball their first game is November 7th at 7pm against Bellarmine University in the PMAC and LSU men's basketball will then begin November 9th against the University of Missouri of Kansas City. With that being said that is all we have for you today. Make sure that you Tune in to our tailgate show, which is out every Friday from 11 30 to 12. And we are live from the Student Union. So if you wa- would like to watch us live, make sure you pop out to that. And also, you can listen to us on Out of Bounds every Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. Andre champagne thank you so much for joining me today. I would also like to shout out our producer, Jonah Webster. Thank you for doing all the editing and always making it sound pretty and putting this all together. We greatly appreciate you. I am Patricia Caputo. And this has been The Hodges Huddle.